1: And my next guests, you know, it's funny how, you well, a little bit of inside baseball here. I basically have a one-man show when it comes to producing the show, except for after the post-production. But I'll book the guests, I'll set up the outlines, I'll host it. All in one. And I used to be doing this before, was always with other shows, uh, you know, doing it for other people. But this is the one show I do it for myself. I just did it all alone. And it took... About a year to get my next guests on the line with us because we originally had scheduled and, you know, we just get busy. Even with pandemic, everybody gets busy and all sometimes, but I'm glad. So a year in the making, this is a good, worthwhile, long awaited interview with my next guest, which they market one of the most widely sold cannabis adjacent products on the market. When you think of rolling papers, you're most likely thinking of their most majorly featured brand, Zigzag. You have seen them. And I know you've seen people that have ordered, they've gone to the convenience store, they ask the person at the counter, let me get some zigzags, let me get some papers. These are some of the gentlemen that are responsible for that. I have with me the Senior Director of Marketing and the Vice President of Turning Point Brands, Eric Anwar and Lorenzo Diplano. Eric and Lorenzo, long awaited. Thanks for making time for us here on Point Business.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to chatting. And uh, I'm glad we could finally make it work with both of our schedules after, you know, such a long period of time here. But
1: uh, we're busy, excited. Busy people. It's, it, it's well understood. So let's talk about, and people probably not even know about the importance of ZigZag to the cannabis industry. Let me go and take from a story from Seeking Alpha, the uh, investor stock market type website. They wrote, how does turning point brands factor into this cannabis craze? Well, Turning Point Brands is really a tobacco products company. The company sells products such as chewing Tobacco and Tobacco Alternatives such as vape products. But Turning Point Brands has a very popular tobacco brand that is a marijuana-adjacent product in ZigZag. As can be seen, ZigZag is one of the most popular cigarette rolling papers and has a 75% share of the cigar wrap market at the point I put this. uh, This was late last year. They actually put this information out. The zigzag break is also synonymous with marijuana joints, while cigar wraps are usually traditionally used for marijuana blunts. So this brand, you know, and I've known for years before, uh, you know, people could go ahead and get their hands, they were able to go ahead, and not just for tobacco, but also use cannabis with your products. Um, how the brand has kept its foothold in this ever-evolving market, and has there been any change in the marketing strategy now that cannabis has been, in so many places, legal? To consume medical or adult use
3: well yeah i think it's a i think it's a really interesting question it's something that we've been really exploring for the last two and a half years since we joined the company um, eric and i have come from more of a you know brand development and marketing and entrepreneurial background you know we sold our company to turning point brands 2019. Uh, we started that company uh, back in 2015 um, with two other co-founders and and we built it up from scratch and so having built a brand from scratch gave us a lot of insight into the CPG space and, and what products were really there and having growing up you know with ZigZag as a brand in every bodega across New York City and Los Angeles and having seen it as kind of like this ubiquitous product behind store shelves that orange you know carton of papers was just always there and it was this brand that kind of like you know in the same way that you know pepperidge farms or nabisco you know a lot of their brands you know you, you always see it on shelves and you get used to seeing it and, and it has this nostalgic value right that, that that is really tethered to it and it was one of those brands that when we joined turning point we really said hey look this is something we'd like to put on steroids you know this is a 150 year old almost 150 year old heritage brand and and we really think that there's a lot of value there there's all this incredible nostalgia And um, so when we looked at the brand, we really focused on that and said, how can we bring new life to the zigzag brand? How can we develop new products around the zigzag brand and kind of bring that back up to the surface? Right. And so that's been a lot of our focus as a company is reinvigorating that brand, not just through marketing and through branding and communication, but also through really unique products and new entryways into the market. You know, you bring up cigars. You know, there's a lot of new things and awesome things we're developing right now to expand the product portfolio, but it's really about, you know, giving new life to this, this brand that basically invented the category, right? I mean, you go back 150 years and the story of Zigzag was you know, this basically, this, this, this French soldier who, who, who had his you know, pipe basically shot in the heat of battle and then came up with the concept of using papers to roll tobacco with. And so you go all the way back to that narrative and see that that narrative has survived so many different, uh, you know, cultural revolutions, so many different societal changes and see that it's still here. I think that's personally really, really cool because it makes you wonder, you know, this brand has been around for 150 years. Where is it going to be in another hundred years? And so that's kind of what's really, I think is exciting about it. I don't know if Eric, you want to add to I mean, listen, or... I
2: think, you, I think you hit the nail on the head, but I think that's really what we're looking for, right. Is that the brand has been around for, you know, like Lorenzo said, almost 150 years. And, and so really our goal is how do we make it, you know, excel and grow in the next 150 years. And, and I think that comes through. You know staying true to uh, our products and our quality in our products, and then also uh, in the in our ability to innovate. and so to adapt to what consumers' desires are, you know whether regardless of what they're smoking in in their rolling papers, adapting it, being innovative, uh, you know, and always looking for new products to cater to this growing market
1: now with the zigzag brand, one of the things I really noticed the most about is that, it is the best example in the cannabis industry, in my opinion, of a brand synonymous with packaging, synonymous with a look that is universal. Because there's not a lot of products right now that are interstate, that are, you know, national or globally uh, branded the same. Because there's the opportunities to do that are not so much there. I mean, there's products that are out there, but really, when I think about it, you say zigzag, you know what it is. You look at the packaging, you know what it is. It's just synonymous. And I can imagine that there's a lot of uh, branding opportunities that are being brought to you all the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, like, you know, the brand is. You
1: pitched a lot about it. That's the whole idea (laughs) is that anybody wants to be able to go and put themselves, you know, Associated with a ZigZag brand, put ZigZag branded, whatever it might be. So you're like your own, you know, cannabis industry, shark tank, people coming to you. Can we put our branding on this product, your branding on this? Yeah, and you know, we definitely pick
2: and choose wisely. You know, a lot of people want to work with with us and and put their brand on ZigZag. And, you know, I I think because the brand has been so timeless, we're very careful with who we work with uh, in that regard, because we want to make sure that any one of our partners is going to take the brand just as seriously as we are, right? Like we're not looking to do any quick fads or anything, you know, just to make money. We're looking to grow the brand significantly. And so the people that we're partnering with, we want to make sure that they have the same mission and
1: that they're going to represent the brand the same way we would. Right? Now, I want to so- ask you about one of those products, because last year um, you had acquired Durfort, which was the longtime supplier of the make-your-own cigar wraps for Zigzag, allowing customers to customize smokers to customize the flavor of the cigars, and then you created a, ma- a master's distribution agreement uh, selling the original blunt wrap cigar brand across. So you had somebody making a product for you with the brand name, and then you just acquired.
3: Right, right, and that transaction goes back a long time ago. And what was what was interesting about that transaction, to your point, which is when you partner up with a lot of companies, therefore transaction was really helpful in that it streamlined you know, a lot of our bottom line and, and as a company overall made us a lot more profitable in that segment. But to your point, it's, it's like, that's the risk that you have when you don't develop your own products and you rely too heavily on, on other parties, right? Is that it can, it can ultimately become that those parties can, can, you might need to buy them out in the future. There might be some other dynamic that might play out And I think that the benefit of kind of how we're pivoting the strategy now is we're really keeping a lot of that in-house. And, you know, we have companies that reach out to us all the time. And what we really do is really focus on the people and the relationships. And I think one of the biggest things that gets lost when you become a larger company or become part of a larger organization is you start looking at the bottom and top lines a little too heavily. And you start disqualifying a lot of the qualitative aspects of the business. So for example, you know, the, the, the human component of your partners and who you choose to work with on a product development level really kind of gets lost. And so I think that's kind of what we're really trying to refocus on, you know, coming from you know, a product moment and marketing background, you know, that's really what we really want to focus on is picking the best people in the best specific channels. So for example, we're, we're working on right now on a grinder um, that we think is, is one of the best grinders in the entire industry as an accessory um, and we're developing this, this product category, and, and in that developing that product category, we're looking to partner with one of the best groups that we think is in the category, you know, best groups of engineers, product developers in that category, in that specific niche vertical to say, how can we create the best accessory for our customers who are used to using you know, our products and have a great experience with our products, how can we extend that experience to also apply to say another accessory like the grinder. And how can we grab the grinder and kind of apply, let's just say the Dyson model to it, where instead of releasing just any grinder with, you know, a logo or brand that we own on it, let's grab, you know, the best quality grinder. Let's perfect that with that team that built it. And then let's go ahead and see where and how we want to release it. But we're going to make sure it's the best product for
1: our customers and their experience. And do you have to feel like there's any kind of deviation you need to make when you're producing products, whether they're focused for the tobacco market or the cannabis market?
3: Well, it's 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 really interesting because you go back 15 years ago and even just talking about cannabis on a podcast like this would have been a big taboo, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that you you do have to deviate a little bit. That being said, I think. That the future is those segments really converging, agree, and you yeah. see that already in, in, in the landscape with consumers. Anybody who argues otherwise is 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 really kind of not familiar with the with the way the world works. And honestly, if you look at the categories, I mean, splits is a huge part of it, right? Um, and that's kind of one of those taboo things that people are like, oh, we don't talk about that. But that's a reality of the marketplace. There are customers that are that use you know these different products for both, right? And then they inter, use them interchangeably. And so, yeah, you do have to define and, and kind of try to create demarcation lines, of course, for re- regulatory purposes and, and legal reasons. But in the end of the day, there people will use these products for whatever they choose to use them for. And this is just my view personally, not the view of the companies. But look, in, in the reality is, is, customers will use these products. they want to use it for CBD, they can use it for CBD. If they want to use it for cannabis, they can use it for cannabis. If they use it for tobacco, they use it for tobacco. There's no, you know, that, that's their, at their discretion, right, how they want to use it. I think for us, the goal is to make the best products, like, in the category to basically create the best experience for the customers.
1: So there's more questions I have for you. Uh, before I go to break, I want to just ask this question at this point right now. Uh, when you're looking at the business model that you have and the width of distribution that you have for the product, um, Do you think there'll be some point where you'll have a distribution strategy that once legalization comes into play, do you think there's something that you would do where other companies might come in and say, Hey, we want to be able to get our product into the same distribution as zigzags. We want to be able to either get placed on the same shelf or go to the same stores where your products are sold. Absolutely. And
3: I think that's one of the things that we've been developing for the last two years is retrofitting Uh, more traditional distribution structure that is very valuable on a nationwide level with also uh, a more untraditional sales structure. And so internally, that's something that we've been developing as part of our new gen operation for a long time now. And I think that in in the next 24 months, there's going to be a lot of really interesting things that come out of that um, and get announced. And and, and we're really excited to see those things mature and develop. Um, But yeah, that is absolutely something we look at. We've made a number of different investments in the cannabis-adjacent category, one in Dosist, one in Doc Light Brands, which is an owner of Marley's, one in Old Pal, um, which is, you know, another uh, cannabis-adjacent uh, and cannabis company. Um, so those investments are all kind of leading up to a, a really exciting uh, plan. And, and, and we, we, we see where the, you know, world is going. And so we're, we're placing our bets and,
1: and preparing our infrastructure accordingly to do things in that area. Because I can imagine, I mean, you have one of the best models for brick-and-mortar uh, distribution. When people, You get people that absolutely will, no matter what, will go to the stores, that will grab it. It's not an online store that's necessary. It's not anything where, you know, it's, it's just access. And down the line, when legalization happens, all these companies are going to want to go through – and find the access, the relationships you have with all the franchisees or all these companies that you're already attached with that have your products on the store shelves. They're going to want that, and I can absolutely see where they're going to reach out to a company like ZigZag or Turning Point to get to those, uh, get to that. Because the room for growth, you have this great avenue of cannabis. You've been there. It just was a hand-in-hand perfect storm for you, and you can still go ahead and complement the tobacco market in the same way. Uh, again, I'm here with Eric Anwar the senior marketing director of Turning Point Brands and Lorenzo Diplano, vice president of Turning Point Brands here on Blunt Business back with more questions after a short break.
0: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
4: You have one unheard message.
3: Hi, I was calling current the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast
4: Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
6: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate?
0: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: I'm back with Lorenzo DiPlano and Eric Anwar, Vice President and Senior Director of Marketing, respectively, of Turning Point Brands, the makers of the majorly featured brand ZigZag, the famous rolling papers we all know. And uh, I'm sure some of you might still have a, might have it on your tray or next to where you might keep uh, your product, your flower, whatever it might be. Forbes wrote in an article, uh, What's in your marijuana? And they mentioned, quote, a couple of popular brands of rolling papers, blunt wraps, and other products used to twist up cannabis into smokable form are contaminated with pesticides and heavy metals, a study from a California-based testing lab has found. The good news is that most popular products were squeaky clean. A few were not. While most of the 118 smoking products examined by SC Labs, this uh, had only minute amounts of toxic material, thus pose Little to no threat to most cannabis consumers. A few are dirty enough to fail state product standards when combined with cannabis. And while the cannabis industry is subjected to a slew of compliance guidelines, is is that something that companies have looked to address? I mean, I mean, obviously there has to be so much standards on your products, but is that something you look at where the rest of the market, you know, they might not be so compliant or is so... Uh, following the following the standards
3: oh absolutely and 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 i think that's one of the you know we you know eric and i've had a lot of experience dealing with kind of the fda and, and a lot of different faculties over the last few years and i think one of the most interesting things in the rolling paper category is the benefit of the rolling paper category versus say like conventional cigarettes is that there are so there are far fewer ingredients right and you don't have to have a lot of the same types of components and and extensive preservatives that one would have to have to petrify say tobacco within a cigarette and keep it in its in its fresh state and so I think that you know that's one of the benefits of rolling papers is that people are introducing you know the ingredients typically when they're ready to use them right and I think that the, the the reality is that when it comes to quality assurance we have a pretty extensive quality assurance process for all of our products and subject our vendors to a lot of di- a lot of scrutiny and review every single SKU that we launch and then we also have qa processes all the way to the to the finished result and finished goods so there's a lot of there's a lot of different checks and balances within our infrastructure because we've been doing it for such a long time. I think the challenge comes to your point when you have a lot of these new entrants that basically come in and th- these players are coming in without, you know, there are a lot of experience in the category. And, you know, I honestly give credit to that. You know, that's really exciting and awesome, but just, making sure that when you do come into the market, you are releasing the best product, you're sourcing the best ingredients and the best raw materials. I mean, we basically source these massive rolls of paper that we can custom identify as our own to prevent other people from counterfeiting them and using worse quality products, right? right? And so all of our paper is transported internationally to different countries just to produce our rolling papers, right? And it goes on this massive journey, literally all the way around the world before it reaches California and Kentucky where our our main fulfillment center is. And so in that journey, there's a lot that goes into making sure that there's those quality assurance processes uh, basically present there. And so, yeah, to your point, it's, it's, I, I applaud the entrepreneurs and the people that are creating new products and trying to innovate. I would say though, that obviously when you go into these categories that you do it responsibly and that you respect the consumers that are out there that are using these products, especially the ones that are trying something new and, and they kind of deploy every mechanism possible to make the best quality products. Right. And I think that's, yeah. that's yeah. the benefit of having regulatory bodies involved in some of these processes is they can kind of. You know, check
1: those things. Um, but yeah, definitely an interesting... I want to mention that point because with the new, with the bill we're currently right now that's been pushed to the House and now is in the into the U.S. Senate, the uh, Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act, the CAOA, which is the latest effort to see legalization and actually make it across the finish line, uh, you know, number of the lobbying uh, organizations, the U.S. Cannabis Council, the uh, Pair the Council for, well, I forget the whole, uh, cannabis regulation and education. There's a number of organizations that are very cognizant and very concerned about dealing with the FDA and the amount of power they might get. In your own experiences with the FDA, like you were just mentioning, um, is there anything you would say going forward to some of these companies that they should be aware of once they're needing to go ahead and interact with the FDA for any products they're trying to bring to light and bring to, to market?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, the FDA is a scientific organization. I think that's when the FDA is at its strongest. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, in recent times, it can get used sometimes, as we've seen in our industry, as you know, some people will try to uh, militarize it as a, you know, reform organization or as a social justice organization, things like that. And that's really not its focus. Its focus is to be a scientific organization that protects consumers. Right. And I think that, uh, when left to its own, you know, capabilities and, and, and left to do it on its own, I think it, it has more success doing that than when it's influenced by outside parties. I think I part think of the, that-
1: the, the concern is probably because of how the hemp bill implementation has been so sluggish and we've been waiting mm-hmm. three years to see a full, I mean, to know what the rules are and there's not been rules in place and that's something that might be a concern. And I don't know if that's anything that you might've ever encountered
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we, we we we're encountering it right now, at least on the vape side of our business, right? Where we're basically, you know, our company spent a substantial amount of funds to basically file extensive uh, PMTAs with a number of different cited studies in there and things like that to look at our different products. And I, I think the biggest thing with all of that is is really in terms with, with respect to the FDAs. I think that with the hemp hemp bill and a lot of these other things with respect to cannabis, I think The way it should pan out is on a federal level. Cannabis should be legalized. And then a lot of the taxes and the regulations. And the quality assurance elements have to be at least at first handled on state level, because I think that what's happening is even right now, I think in one of the most recent bills I saw for, um, you know, cannabis federal legalization, it involved a massive tax, you know, at a federal level. And a lot of states have those taxes, obviously, on a state level as well. So now you're talking about federal taxes you're talking about state taxes and already some taxes in certain states like california are incredibly cost prohibitive for the everyday consumer which basically just propagates an enormous black market of products which it becomes ultimately counterproductive to what the state and the federal government's goals are their goal should be to create reasonable regulations that incentivize entrepreneurs and business owners to grow and hire people, right? And to be able to have businesses that can affordably pay taxes back to the government so that way they can sustain both regulatory efforts as well as take some money into their, into their coifers, their state and federal coifers. But if they make these unre- unreasonable taxes on something that, let's face it, is a commodity and then in the end of the day, you, you can't do that because then there just creates an and incentivizes, incentivizes a massive black market, which is completely, at least in California, not possible to be regulated against because everybody and their mother can and will start growing cannabis plants in their backyard.
1: Right. So it's right. Like yep.
3: it's, And that, that's the reality. That's, that's my two cents on the matter, but you know, look, everybody has a different opinion.
1: Agreed. And I'll mention that point because I know there was an issue where uh, you're, like I said, you're doing some interaction right now with the FDA and uh, putting products to light. So you're <clears throat> you're knowing firsthand account of what th- it's like to go and interact and companies down the line are going to have to go and deal with that. And they're going to make the understanding as well. Uh, now i want also make a point where a Benzinger review of zigzag, which was, you know, qu- quite interesting how they put together how they talk about the zigzag. And there's other, of course, like you mentioned, there's other companies that you have underneath the 30 point brands umbrella. We'll talk about very shortly, but, in this Benzinger review, they said, quote, people have been rolling these babies for 130 years. A zigzag pack looks and feels like an old familiar friend. One of the most widely accessible and popular rolling papers in the world. Slow burning orange pack is a go to for cannabis consumers to roll with. And I want to know, you know, in the time you've spent on Turning Point Brands, uh, with what we've been doing here. I want to know about how you feel about zigzags and I've been able to continuously corner the market. And the expectations that legalization could bring. So really the question is, you know, what market change could you see once legalization comes in? Do you feel like there's any much of a difference that you're planning on? Would there be an increase of production needed? Anything like that? Or you just feel like the rest of your products are what's going to really benefit from legalization?
3: Well, it's it's, it's really interesting. and, And the way I kind of see it is, and you kind of said it best with that review, where, Customers had such a long history and experience with it, and we talked about it a little bit earlier about how ubiquitous the zigzag brand is. But ultimately, the way we kind of look at it is, you know, when you ask someone what their first experience was drinking a beer, they can typically tell you what that beer brand was. But if you ask them what the, their second experience was drinking a beer they probably can't tell you what beer brand that was, right? So if you ask me, say, hey, what was your first beer that you drank? And typically people will say, depending on how old they are or when they started, say, oh, well, when I was, you know, 22 or 16, I had a Corona, right? And they can tell you that experience. They remember that moment, right? But then when you ask them the same question about the second or third or fourth beers that they tried, they can rarely recite that memory. And so for me, for example, I remember the first experience when I used a zigzag right and because my first experience with that brand was so powerful that brand experience follows me as a customer throughout my journey throughout my life and that happens with all different types of brands all different customers in all different industries and so our focus here is to basically make zigzag relevant and and create those experiences for customers that are entering the market or trying cannabis or other You know, cannabis adjacent products for the first time, whether it's with Zigzag or anything else. Um, I don't know, Eric, if you want to add to that, but
2: no, I mean, I I think that um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. And I think that as we, um, you know, progress forward, and, and, you know, I think just naturally people are gravitating towards natural attributes within products. And that's why you'll see, you know, we have our classic papers like French, orange, and, uh, you know, the original whites, which I think are obviously the, the most widely recognized, but what we're doing is, you know, as new customers are entering the market, we're we're starting to see a change and people are going towards natural attributes. And that's why you'll see a lot of our unbleached papers. We have unbleached cones. We have hundred percent organic hemp papers and we're starting to bring more papers. So we have a portfolio that fits everyone, right? We have a portfolio of our existing products of the original white and uh, you know, the French orange that people have been using for 50, 60 years and they're not gonna change. And then we have a new consumer that is coming to market today who is looking for something that is uh, an organic paper, right? And so for us, as we see the shift going into legalization and, and also just the shift into the market and, and more consumers coming to market, our goal is to have a portfolio that could serve all of their needs, right? So you have your, your people who smoke the classics, you have the people who need uh, cones because they don't know how to roll, right? And having that that portfolio, I think, hits every person. So like to Lorenzo's point, making that first experience their best experience, we have a, a variety of products to allow that to happen.
1: Yep. I'm looking also at a recent seeking alpha article and I'm still blown away. So your retail footprint for Zigzag is over two hundred and ten thousand stores. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's amazing. Uh Tells you just the, the the expanse. I mean, I don't even know how you're able to go and keep up the the amount of demand and 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 to be able to keep that supply and demand. That's pretty incredible. I mean, it's I'm blown away by that number when I look at that. And also, you not only that you have the Stoker's product segment, the number two loose leaf chewing tobacco brand, the leading moist snuff tobacco value brand. There's a whole lot there that goes to it. Uh, I want to go to commercial break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about what we had originally talked about, what we were going to talk about this time last year, your ZigZag Unbleached line. We'll talk about that and some other products you're already working on right now and some great philanthropic efforts you're making as well. And when we go to break, take a minute to go and look at their website, turningpointbrands.com. Again, turningpointbrands.com. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that watches the stock market. They are listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Stock ticker TPB. Take a look at that while we go to break. Again, I'm here with Eric Anwar and Lorenzo Diplano from Turning Point Brands. Back after a short break.
0: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
1: The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the Green Peak. Each week, Joined Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, Green Peak. Peak with Richard Zwicky.
0: I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. I'm here with Lorenzo Deplano, Vice President. I've been saying Eric's name first, but it should be you, Lorenzo. All due respect, you're Vice President. And Eric, you're <laughs> Senior Director of, of, of Marketing, uh, Senior Marketing Director at Turning Point Brands, because of a zigzag. It's just the way it was written. I didn't mean it. Like, so, like, it's always been, Lorenzo, you're the priority. And the, the way I see it, we're all equals on my side
0: <laughs> of the operations. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we're boy. friends before yeah. business partners, so. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> you got a lot of things going on here, and it's nice you can keep it so personal and uh, and always just have that good relationship with that. Let's talk about ZigZag Unbleached. So this was something recently, about last year, that you had launched. The papers are crafted from the finest blend of natural fibers and feature a 100% natural gum Arabic glue line to deliver the smoothest smoking experience. They deliver on ZigZag's high standards, printed on recycled board using vegetable inks. And you're offering also unbleached paper cones crafted from the finest bundle of natural fibers to deliver a slow, even burn with zero hassle, fill, pack, and burn, kind of pre-fills or or pre-rolls. And talking about this new line, how's it done so far? And, uh, you know, the response to it. Yeah. I mean, I think that this kind of, you know,
2: piggybacks off what we were saying about us, um, you know, gravitating into this direction of, of products with natural attributes. Um, and uh, to be frank, I mean, all, all of our papers have natural attributes, but again, I think, you know, to showcase to consumers, the, pro- um, the products that they're looking for, we have these unbleached lines, right? And we have these cones, which are a growing market. I mean, I think since we've launched it, uh, we've seen a lot of success with the unbleached and with the hemp and, and those are the newer products in our portfolio, so, you know, we're still expanding those significantly and focusing on growth, but we've had a lot of great feedback. Um, and especially as it comes to the cones, I think that again, with so many new consumers coming to market, the cones are just easy. Like you said, fill, pack and burn. Um, and so, you know, we're excited about the success that those products have had. And, and uh, we definitely got a lot more on the works here that are gonna kind of follow suit that we're excited to share with everyone in the near future.
1: There's so much that's being going on. I mean, I look, you worry about uh, not only is it, you know, the growth of the company has been so great, and with the products you're doing, you're constantly being innovative. You're adding more. And not only is it the matter of that, you'll find a product, you'll find a service that you're working with, and then you just acquire. You just bring them into the fold. Um, The other thing I also notice is that what you're working on is not only is it, you had unbleached now, the trend of of creating a new product, you're creating more modern products, including hemp wraps, skate decks, apparel, and accessories. And one of the things I really uh, was very fascinated by is you're doing something really philanthropic with your Burn One, Plant One program with One Tree Planted. It's doing your part in preserving forests and offsetting paper production. And your company is aiming to be 100% carbon neutral within the next decade. So talking about what this, uh, this uh, program comes up here, what brought this to light?
3: Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit, I guess, about the one tree planted program and, and the burn one plant one program, and I'll let Eric kind of talk about what he's doing with the great work at Zigzag Studio with him and his team with the skate decks and whatnot. The, the real focus of, of the philanthropic efforts is. You know, there's a lot of companies out there, you know, that, that everybody's trying to be as woke and as cool and hip as possible right now. Right. And, yeah. and it, it was very easy. You know, internally, we talked to the company and said, well, look, there's a lot of different initiatives that everybody, you know, really felt strongly about across the organization. But when we looked at our brand and when we looked at the key components of our brand, we saw kind of a real unique opportunity to kind of create a symbiotic relationship with our own ecosystem wow. with respect to the ZigZag brand. And if you look at the zigzag brand, it's pretty much mostly composed of paper. And in the end of the day, like the ingredients of the uh, product are really tied to the basically in the end of the day to trees, because that's where it comes from, right? As it comes from the pulp of trees. And so we realized that essentially to, to, to offset, you know, our impact on the ecosystem was relatively easy for us to do as a company because so much of our raw ingredients included in our products are related to that one key component with paper. And and that's that the reason why that's really funny is because when you look at making, say, a Tesla car or like an electric car, right, you need to use all sorts of ingredients, all sorts of components with Which makes making those products actually carbon uh, negative or carbon neutral very, very difficult because you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to use this electric car for X amount of years, say 25 years, hopefully, assuming that every time I go and plug it into the charging port, I'm, you know, basically in effect, you know, using that 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 source of energy is coming from a windmill or something like that there's a lot of components to basically actually getting to carbon neutral and saying how does that actually offset you know you got the battery you know you got lithium ion batteries and all those different components and you have to source all those components on planes from all around the world whereas our products like it's basically just paper like at the end of the day you know for a lot of our, our, our our keystone products and so that was the benefit of the one of the burn one plant one program is that anytime somebody goes to www.zigzag.com and makes a purchase of $15 we basically plant the tree in their name and and it's not quite like it's not going to be the end of where we go with this I think this is the beginning of of a bigger chapter of different initiatives that we roll out right now we're talking about another initiative where we'd in essence basically be helping uh, people who are incarcerated, are incarcerated for cannabis-related reasons, and kind of incentivizing and helping those people as well as an organization. So there's all these different things that we're trying to do that that kind of go around the zigzag brand and and what our shared values are. But the Burn One Plant One program is really about us just becoming symbiotic with the overall ecosystem that we
1: we play a part in and have a relationship with. So there there's a way to be. The there is a whole idea where a company can be a bit woke, if you will, those words. But it's not performative, performative allyship. It's not virtue signaling. You're actually doing something that's very, I mean, it's, again, you're incorporating it to your product. And right. it's, it's a worthwhile cause because you're, you know, this just same thing with your with whatever product that's being used in the wraps. You want it to be organic. You want it to be safe, pesticide-free as much as you can. Same thing with the wraps themselves. You want to make sure that you have that full, that you're getting a real natural product as much as possible. That's a wonderful thing. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I like the fact of... I'm just... And this is not just what you've told me, but it's still my fascination over ZigZag and what you... With this company, again, for so long, the expanse of where it's available. I mean, again, ZigZags, find them where you find any store. I mean, just find a gas station, find a bodega, find a convenience store, just about anywhere. Over 200,000 stores. That is remarkable. And there's other products. So I want to you know i know we talked a lot about zigzag i'll mention stokers very briefly but take a couple seconds just to go and talk about some of the other products that you people might not know that are under the zigzag umbrella that are really standouts
3: i'll let eric talk about the studio because i think even though even though the other components like stokers are a huge part of our business you know our real focus has been zigzag and so like i love giving attention to that as much as possible and i feel like Eric, I've, I've kind of cut him off. So if you want to talk about <laughs> no, ZigZag too, because I think that yeah. covers a lot of the other products. Yeah, it
2: does. And, and really kind of what, what our goal is in, in our vision is that um, really w- we want to associate our brand w- with a feeling. I mean, I think right now, you know, a ton of people as they're using ZigZag, they have this feeling of nostalgia or this feeling of quality product. And really what we want to tap into is having this feeling of creativity. And so what we are doing, and and, and this is, you know, this will be released later this year is, is we're releasing our media hub called Zigzag Studio. And essentially what that is doing is that is showcasing creatives. So of all sorts, we're talking musicians, photographers, producers, sculptors, artists, digital artists, you name it. Uh, Our goal is to showcase not only established artists, but also emerging artists. And utilizing our Zigzag name and platform to uh, shed light to the creativity that people are, are, you know, putting out and releasing and, and to give a a platform and a voice for new and emerging artists. And, and then in addition with that is also to release um, additional apparel, clothes, um, other accessory items that I think people have been gravitating towards. Um, You know, we've, we've noticed in the last year and a half, two years um, that just the accessory and apparel business has been uh, massive for us and people like, like we talked about it's just the brand is so recognized that we have customers that just go on and only purchase t-shirts which uh is kind of mind-blowing to us but it just you know kind of shows how uh you know how tied into the brand they are and and how much they they enjoy and so what we want to do really with zigzag studio is to kind of like nurture creativity amongst our customers um amongst just the the general audience and amongst the culture as a whole and so what we're doing later this year is launching that hub and, and where the future of that hub will be is, is a lot of organic and native videos for this zigzag channel. Um, it will be doing concerts and shows that are under the zigzag umbrella, um, releasing merchandise collaborations, you know, just a ton of different things that embody the culture and embody creativity as a whole. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when people use zigzag, I think, uh, some, sometimes, uh, creativity is sparked there. So um, we're excited to showcase that with uh, everyone later this year.
3: And there's going to be a lot of awesome products too in that, you know, there's a lot of limited edition products that are coming out uh, coming later this year, which, which, you know, I think Eric's being a little modest about and I think the skateboards is just the (laughs) beginning of that. You know, I think that the skateboards is just the beginning of that. What you'll be seeing towards the end of this year is a number of different products that basically are limited edition runs uh, a lot of partnerships with high-end fashion brands and and other entities and groups and organizations and very, very high quality premium accessories that will be launched exclusively online to start through our own website. And I think that that's going to be something that no other brand in our category has done to the extent that we're taking it. You know, it's almost, I think, a little bit satirical what we're doing, but we'll see how far we could
1: take it and and we'll see what we do. Well, gentlemen, uh, pun intended, we have to wrap this up. But uh, I do appreciate (laughs) you taking time to talk to me today, and fascinating story. And uh, like I said, this, I hope those that are in the cannabis side, they really do pay attention to the case study that ZigZag and Turning Point Brands provides. Because when legalization comes into play, and we have products that can be national or global, and they can go uh, far-reaching, you want to look at what the ZigZag brand has been able to do and the stretch they've been able to make in terms of distribution, their products, the branding, the packaging, all of it. It's a role model to follow. That's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. Because, I mean, I've i not enough friends and all that have used your wraps for 30, 40 years. So it's like, uh, it, you see it, you know, what, you know what it is, and people are buying it off the store shelves. So, again, website is turningpointbrands.com. Look for it everywhere. I even know that you got a zigzag store on Amazon if you're looking for that as well. And again, if you want to go and invest, I'd say take a look and follow along. Keep them on your watch list. The New York Stock Exchange, TPB is the stock ticker. Uh, Lorenzo and Eric, thank you for being on with us. Really appreciate you taking time out. Thank
2: Thank you you so much. Appreciate Appreciate
1: it. 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 All right. And folks, thanks again for listening to another Business. As always, you know where to subscribe. Share the show with others. Let them know about it. And we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. This is
5: the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,